With the 2022 pre-primary election nominating convention approaching soon, it's vital that Democrats get to know their candidates and what they stand for. Currently, there are three statewide contested races, state auditor, state treasurer, and attorney general. Now, I know that all these candidates have been working extremely hard, and given the current circumstances, getting nominating signatures and reaching big audiences has been very challenging. So to give the public an opportunity to listen to the candidates, the Democratic Party of Bernalillo County, Sandoval County, and Valencia County all teamed up to organize a virtual statewide candidate forum where we get to hear these candidates answer some very thoughtful questions. This is part one of a three-part series where we explore the candidates running for these offices. Part one will dive into the race for state auditor and feature Joseph Maestas and Zachary Quintero. This forum is facilitated by some awesome women from across this great state of New Mexico, and I hope you enjoy this program. I'm Florida Lucero, chair of the Democratic Party of Bernalillo County. And we have Pam, would you like to introduce yourself? Or Sure. Uh, I am Pam Cordova. I'm the chairwoman of the Democratic Party in Valencia County. Welcome, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex Pyland, and I'm the chair of the Democratic Party of Sandoval County. Welcome. Yes, we've been working on this, uh, and I am so honored to work with these two powerhouse women. They've been a joy to work with, and uh, we're going to accomplish some really good things this year. And this is a preview of the power that we have when we work together, we're gonna see some good stuff in the state of New Mexico. And uh, glad to, to know it's happening, glad to be working alongside uh, these women as well as our facilitators. We have Mona Trempe with the, uh, she's from Doniana, but she is the CD2 vice chair uh, for the Democratic Party of New Mexico. We have Tiffany Stevens, who is from Bernalillo County, and she is the CD1 vice chair for the Democratic Party of New Mexico. And we have the wonderful Bernadette Vaduro, who is the chair of the uh, Santa Fe Democratic Party of Santa Fe County, who just had a fantastic turnout for their petition events. And so she's uh, kicking some behind and doing some good stuff and uh, so welcome everybody and thank you special thanks to Deb Dapson our web goddess she'll be teching today for this forum and uh, so she's also going to be recording the recording will be made available on all, all three of our websites and uh, I'm sure that we'll be sending it out in our newsletters as well and we've got some really insightful questions that we'll be asking. We've reached out to subject matter experts and uh, really tried to dig a little bit deeper with our questions. So I think we're gonna be able to help everybody to get to know our candidates a little bit more and their qualifications for these positions. So it is three o'clock. We will go ahead and get started. Once again, welcome. Uh, my name is Flora Lucero. I'm the chair of the Democratic Party of New Mexico. Pleased and honored to work beside Alex Pyland, Democratic Party of Sandoval County Chair, 
and Pam Cordova, the Democratic Party of Valencia County Chair in producing this. We are excited because we are on the footsteps of uh, doorstep of um, the primary, uh, pre-primary delegate elections. And so we're giving you all an opportunity to get these, get to know these candidates a little bit better so that you can, uh, when you run for delegate and become a delegate, or if you're an SEC member and you're already a delegate, you're gonna have a little bit more information about voting for these uh, candidates at the, the convention, the state convention, which happens March 5th. So uh, without further ado, thank you all for being here. And at this time, I will turn it over to Pamela. Good afternoon, everyone. And we are gonna start today with our state auditors. And uh, the facilitator for state auditors is Mona Trempe. She is the vice chair for the Democratic Party of New Mexico in CD1. Thank you, Mona. Thank you, Pam. And welcome everyone to this exciting event. It's, it's so, uh, I know we're all a little tired of Zoom, but this is a great opportunity for people all over the state to get to know the candidates um, much better than we would if, if everyone was spending all their time in a car driving. But um, let me get right down to business. Um, ground rules, each candidate has two minutes for an introductory, introductory statement. Then we will have a series of five questions. You get two minutes to answer each question. Pam Cordova is our timekeeper. She will give you a 15 second warning and then she will, um, there'll be bells and whistles to tell you that, that your time for that particular topic is up. I'm gonna start in alphabetical order with the opening statements. So please, Mr. Maestas. Uh, thank you, Mona. Uh, good afternoon, Central New Mexico Democrats. My name is Joseph Maestas and I'm a candidate for New Mexico State Auditor and Chairman of the New Mexico Public Regulation Commission. As chairman of the commission, I'm leading the effort to help make solar energy accessible for all New Mexicans helping to expand broadband service to rural and tribal areas and implementing our state's transition to a clean energy future. I'm a native New Mexican raised on a small farm in Santa Cruz and I helped to run a family owned business. I come from a family of public school teachers and military veterans and that's where I learned the values of public service, hard work and doing the right thing. I hold a bachelor's and master's degrees in civil engineering I worked at all levels of the federal government for over 30 years. I also served my communities as a municipal elected official for 14 years that includes serving as mayor of Española as well as Santa Fe City Councilor. Back when I was at Española City Councilor, I faced a corrupt entrenched administration. So I led a reform movement by recruiting newcomers to run for office. The results, we won all governing body positions in three consecutive election cycles and established the city's first female majority on the city council. I've also held many leadership positions that includes among others, serving as president of the New Mexico Municipal League, chairman of the New Mexico Voices for Children. I am the most experienced candidate in this race with proven leadership. I will modernize, strengthen and prepare the New Mexico State Auditor's Office to help guide the state through the accountable, and transparent <clears throat> administration of billions of dollars of federal aid. I want to be your independent watchdog to help root out fraud, waste, and abuse of taxpayer money. I'm proud to be endorsed by our state treasurer, Mr. Tim Eichenberg. 
I'm Joseph Maestas, candidate Time. for New Mexico State Auditor, and I respectfully ask for your support and your vote. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Quintero, your two-minute opening statement. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Madam Vice Chair. Fellow Democrats, hello. Happy MLK weekend. Just a vendiga to all of you. First, I want to start by thanking our amazing Democratic leadership, these amazing mujeres, and our Democratic Party for organizing this. My name is Zachary Quintero. I'm a proud candidate for state auditor, and I want to fight for you. I've just finished serving you as your federal ombudsman, appointed by our governor, being able to investigate abuse, neglect, and financial exploitation for our most vulnerable communities. And a quick personal story on my side, large reason why I decided to run for this race is because of what happened to my grandfather. He was the subject of a predatory conservatorship and guardianship in New Mexico. Now, I know you have family members or you might know somebody close to you that has faced an incredibly entrenched financial system and healthcare system that doesn't care about them. I want you to know that I see you and that our governor sees you, our legislature see you, our New Mexico family see you, and we need a fighter that understands their needs. I've served you not only as the federal ombudsman, but also on the county level within different municipal boards and bodies with heavy administrative law experience. I'm a proud graduate of UNM School of Law. I bring together both the components of law, investigation, and economics. All three are essential to do this job. I am qualified, trusted, and battle-tested. And what do I mean by that? At the height of the pandemic, I was trusted to investigate these financial crimes for our most vulnerable populations. I was overseen by the legislature to do that. I've secured over 80 Democratic endorsements statewide. I'm proud to be the only candidate supported by New Mexico labor unions. I'm very experienced and focused on making sure two things happen with this office. One, that we protect our people and finances, and two, by making sure that our most vulnerable communities don't go without the protections they deserve. They deserve dignity and access to justice. I'm Zach Quintero. I respectfully ask for your trust, your support, and your vote to represent our I'm party as the next state auditor of New Mexico. Gracias. Thank you. So now we'll move into the the series of five questions. I will, um, I'm going to ask the first question to Mr. Quintero, um, and then I will mo um, move on to Mr. Maestas. So the first question is that statewide elected officials have the capacity to be heard and received in a special way. What obligation do you have to support the Democratic Party of New Mexico's platform as an elected official? Is there a plank of the platform that you would advance and how would you use your office to do so? Are there any items on the platform you don't support? Complicated question. <laughs> no, it's it's not complicated. I, I feel actually it's it's multifaceted in the best way, Madam Vice Chair, because we have such a diverse party with multiple voices in it. We're a big tent party. And for a long time, we've been talking about bringing more young people into the party, having an intergenerational government. This is our chance to make it happen. I represent that. You know, the youngest statewide elected official in the United States is a Republican in Kansas. He's 34. We can take that from them right there and make sure New Mexico's voice is heard and make sure that we show we're living the values of an inclusive democracy. But to, to focus on what the obligations we have, we have a direct obligation to the voters across New Mexico and to Democrats specifically. Our platform is government can be effective and a force for good. The state auditor's role is essential in that by highlighting through transparency and accountability the way we spend our money in healthcare, our environment, and our finances. The federal money that's gonna come in is gonna require somebody who's battle-tested with handling 
a financial emergency that we faced in the COVID-19 pandemic. I was secured and appointed on the medical advisory team at the start of this pandemic, and then later trusted with even more responsibility at its height. And that's why I feel I'm not only qualified, but focused to deliver for our party. You've seen how hard I work. You know I'm going up and down, east and west, all parts, attending precinct meetings, attending war meetings, ward meetings, and you know I'll never stop fighting for our party. One key part that I'd like to do from our platform is a climate audit. That's making sure we look at the total amount of spending we do as a state government and asking ourselves, are we getting the net emissions we're supposed to hit by 2030 and 2050? And having that as a comprehensive annual audit for all of our government spending for our projects, policies, and ongoing promises we have, because that is our future. That's what is gonna affect everybody here in New Mexico. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Quintero. I'll repeat the question for Mr. Maestas. Statewide elected officials have the capacity to be heard and received in a special way. What obligation do you have to support the Democratic Party of New Mexico's platform as an elected official? Is there a plank of the platform that you would advance and how would you use your office to do so? Are there any items on the platform you don't support? Thank you for that question. Um, you know, there's only about seven or so statewide elected officials, including the governor and the lieutenant governor. And, you know, if it's Democrats, we're essentially carrying the banner of the party. And first of all, it's important that our messaging and our cooperation among all the statewide elected officials are consistent with our platform and represent the party's interests, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Now, um, in terms of having the voice, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we do have um, a bigger bully pulpit, right, to get these messages out. And, you know, we're right in the midst of a pandemic. We're about to realize uh, an incredible windfall of federal monies. And so we need to make sure that we're sensitive to that, that we're helping the state, you know, recover from the pandemic, but yet working with state agencies to ensure that they are ready from day one to receive these funds and administer them in an accountable and transparent manner. Uh, our party is a party of the people. And I think it's very, it's critical that we all work together uh, as one. And, and I think that uh, as, as the next state auditor, uh, I wanna make sure that, that we frequently coordinate you know, with the party. I think our platform has to be a platform that is not fixed in time, but is fluid and adjusts with uh, the, kind of the, the different things that we're facing like this pandemic. And so there's great potential, great potential from statewide elected officials to help represent our party. Because look, um, what we do uh, in upholding the public trust reflects on our party. And that's why I feel I am the candidate with the most experience and the leadership to really hit the ground running and ensure that, that the party is strong going forward. Time. Thank you. So Mr. Maestas, you'll also have the first um, opportunity for the second question. As state auditor and with a Democrat in the governor's office, you are charged with independently holding the executive accountable. How will you maintain that independence and execute on accountability when it is potentially harmful to Democrat, Democrats or the Democratic brand in general? Well, I think, you know, perception can become reality 
in, in terms of being impartial and independent. Uh, but it really takes an effective executive leader with the necessary experience to really not just communicate that independence and autonomy, but to show it, to show it in his or her actions. And if there is uh, a complaint that comes in, it's anonymous through the fraud, waste and abuse hotline, and it may involve a high profile state agency or head of a state agency. Well, the state auditor has to move on those has to be strong and really stand up to anybody in the spirit of upholding the public trust. And, uh, and I think checks and balances in our democracy is critical. And I think we found that out in the big lie. Uh, and you know, the, the, the efficacy of our elections seemed you know, under threat. And so any executive leader like that really needs to be independent, but yet cooperative. And, and one thing that I am professing is that as the next state auditor, it's easy to, to, to say gotcha, but it's even tougher to take steps and use limited resources to prevent fraud, waste, and abuse. Prevent it. So uh, I'm going to work on a combination of initiatives on fraud, waste, and abuse prevention, modernizing the state auditor's office, and helping to prepare state agencies for this windfall of federal money, and you know, working working with the executive. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's it may not be entirely clear, you know, what the state agency's role is going to be for certain types of federal money, and it's going to take a lot of coordination with the executive. And so, there can be cooperative coordination without compromising independence on the part of the state auditor. Time. Thank you, Mr. Maestas. Mr. Quintero, I will repeat the question for you. Thank you. As state auditor and with a Democrat in the governor's office, you are charged with independently holding the executive accountable. How will you maintain that independence and execute on accountability when it is potentially harmful to Democrats or the Democratic brand in general? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of two things. The first is, you know, directly that, you know, having a focus qualifications and related and relevant experience to this office is essential. So I, I bring that and I did that as the, the state and federal ombudsman. I had to report on two levels, first to the state for our Department of Health and through our aging and long term services and to the executive and then report on what the executive is doing and be able to investigate both everyone from our governor's executive administration to the way that we run our New Mexico behavioral health system to the way we handle our public money in private healthcare facilities. So I have that experience of investigating that already with autonomy and independence and ethical obligations. And I will meet that standard as your state auditor. The second piece, um, I'm reminded even you know now that you know what Dr. King said, a threat, an injustice somewhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that doesn't mean you know, we turn away when our own um, elected officials or somebody commits an act of fraud, abuse, or financial neglect towards our state funds. You know, I think Auditor Cologne has laid a very powerful foundation and precedent alongside Attorney General Baldettis and um, State uh, Mayor Tim Keller. I'm thinking him of his, as auditor as well. All three had no problem holding Democrats accountable. I'll bring that same energy. Uh, being able to investigate um, issues of fraud and neglect on behalf of the public is the essential role of this office. It requires public trust, it requires strong investigative skills, and it requires being able to have that independent 
and focus on what is happening with our federal and state monies that's handled by state agencies. And that's what I'll do. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Mr. Quintero, you also get, um, you get the first try, try at question number three, which is please tell us about a time when the public benefited from a government audit. Sure, so um, one of the public benefits that we've had, we've had multiple actually, and this is the power of this office. It's so essential that we understand that it's not just the traditional auditing realm that it does, but it's the special investigations and audits that we do. So there's the traditional compliance audit that this office is responsible for, but it also carries out special investigations. For the folks in Bernalillo County, you know that as the rape kit backlog audit. You know that as looking at Office of Government Accountability to track our money in real time that then um, Auditor Keller brought into focus and said, we need to expand the vision of this office to include any form of public spending related to social justice, systemic inequalities, and things that have plagued our public spending since the beginning. I will expand that by also including, including an equity audit, like I said, um, a climate audit, and a cyber infrastructure audit. A lot of the folks here in Albuquerque got hit hard by APS being hit by a cyber attack. I will fortify our digital shield and healthcare privacy and data that is so essentially protected by our government to make sure those internal controls are strong. The other part that the public have, has benefited from an audit is also what happened up north. Um, Auditor Colon holding a mayor who was a Democrat um, accountable for issues of fraud and, and having that person brought before the law is a serious issue. That's another public benefit. The other one also is on the school district side, seeing how their sole source procurement issues or any way that the public money is being spent on a school district level and knowing the teachers on the ground and taking those anonymous complaints in and being able to say, okay, what's really happening here? That is when the public has benefited the most from three structural audits. I will continue that and expand it even further to include digital audits, equity audits, and a climate change audit. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Maestas, please tell us about a time when the public benefited from a governmental audit. Well, you know, as a, as a former mayor, you know, there's a lot of priorities, but one thing I recall vividly, there were two top priorities. One was public safety, ensuring that you're keeping your community safe. And the other was being an effective steward of taxpayer money. And the only way to demonstrate that to the public is to be transparent and accountable. And how do we do that in New Mexico? We do it through audits. We do it through financial audits. Uh, routine financial audits. The state auditor oversees almost a thousand audits of every subdivision of government in the state and others that may receive public money. Uh, there's also special investigations that do require uh, some additional investigation where any in lack of internal controls or any other problems may not be apparent uh, through the findings of a routine annual fiscal year audit. Um, the thing that I uh, believe in as well is, as I mentioned before, is upholding the public trust. And that's the very nature of a financial audit. What I pledge to do is uh, uh, lead the development of a consolidated audit for all state agencies. That is not done right now. And I think the people of New Mexico deserve to see how state agencies are spending their money in one document, uh, especially on the heels of uh, all this federal funding that we're going to be 
receiving. And you know, one thing I'll give you one one example. When I was a city councilor, um, there was a 2008 parks bond, and it was meant to be spent for capital spending. And it was clear that the city was using those capital funds for operational purposes. I was the only counselor to stand up and say, we need an independent public audit to shine the light on how these monies were spent. Uh, the Ty. state at the time uh, oversaw it and, and found that $2 million was misspent. Time. Thank you, Mr. Maiasis. <clears throat> Let's move on now to the fourth question, which again goes first to you, Mr. Maiasis. The state auditor's office values transparency and inclusion. If elected, which initiatives will you continue, change, or add that support our democratic values? Well, one thing that I believe Tim Keller uh, developed when he was there is he developed an at-risk list of uh, governments or, and subdivisions of government that through their, their audits have indicated either recurring findings or um, or a lack of internal controls or late audits. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I think it identifies there for the public to see which subdivisions of government currently are at risk. Uh, and, and I think that it's incumbent upon the state auditor to really help them to get off that list. So I will continue that. Uh, one thing I will also um, I will also do is I I come from federal government. I'm very familiar with the government accountability office in the federal government, and it's an investigatory agency. It's independent and investigatory. The current government accountability office in the state auditor's office is simply an information service, and I I would like to see that GAO really be changed uh, and have it uh, operate or function very similar to the federal GAO to supplement the investigative division uh, that exists right now in the state auditor's office. So uh, I want to strengthen the investigatory authority of the state auditor's office by changing the function of the government accountability office in the state auditor. So that's one thing I would certainly change uh, I, I would definitely commit to uh, ensuring that limited resources are being used in the most effective way possible. And that's where we can look at some of these poor performance, uh, poor performers and work with them to lift them up and reward the, the good financial performers. So there's certain things I like and certain things I will change. Time. Thank you, Mr. Mayas. Mr. Quintero. The state auditor's office values transparency and inclusion. If elected, which initiatives will you continue, change, or add that support our democratic values? Thank you so much, Madam Vice Chair. Uh, fellow Democrats, what I would like to be able to include, you've heard a little bit of a preview about, um, it's expanding that role of the Office of Government Accountability and Special Investigations to include three things. So the first is a dedicated fraud unit for conservatorships and guardianships to protect our seniors, our veterans, and our most vulnerable populations in New Mexico. When we talk about the next four years and that federal money coming in, we are going to need a focused approach to make sure that our seniors and our most vulnerable populations don't fall in through the cracks and are subject to predatory conservatorships and guardianships like my family was. So I'll fight for you and make sure we get that done in the first week of building together a team 
that I've already worked with, not only in the state auditor's office, but with the attorney general and having a special prosecutor assigned to it. The second and third parts that I'd like to build out further in this office involves our statewide strategy and values as Democrats, which is every zip code is important here for us to win in 2022. We cannot neglect the rural communities, our Pueblos, nations, and tribes. And the way that we transform that is as follows, a designated program in partnership with the private sector and nonprofit sector to have designated rural resource officers in Northern, Central, and Southern New Mexico, including a specific line of support for our Asequias and land grants community, and in particular, our indigenous communities that would like to conduct investigations and audits, but are not getting the support they deserve from the federal government. My team will be able to help walk through any kind of training, investigative accounting, practices that would be essential to catching fraud that helps all of us here in New Mexico, and making sure that we look out for every size of community. So that's the second piece. And the final is making sure that we have that kind of accountability that We've seen some shenanigans lately, Democrats. And to borrow the word from our president, Joe Biden, we've seen some shenanigans. And what do I mean by that? We recently saw that there was a, a fraud committed by um, the Republican Party pushing electors to the national level from New Mexico, trying to decertify our president's election. And I'm going to be able to investigate that as well. That's my commitment to you. Thank you. So, Mr. Quintero, you also get first um, opportunity to answer the last and uh, fifth question. Since the state auditor is required to audit all state agencies every year, how would you prioritize the agencies and why? Sorry, the audio cut out there, Madam Vice Chair. Could you repeat one more time? Sure. Since the state auditor is required to audit all state agencies every year, how would you prioritize the agencies and why? Sure, so I would prioritize the agencies. There's a tiered system, it's a, it's a little bit complex, but the tiered system of assigns a value of how focused the investigations are gonna be and how we manage resources from the state auditor's office. So there's the traditional auditing system that we use. I would like to refine that a little bit to focus on some of the most immediate needs coming up over the next four years, which I've stated before, healthcare, our environment and the way that we do audits for our digital infrastructure and tracking our public spending. Um, the healthcare side, auditing our institutions of health to make sure that a quality of care and no fraud is going on and those predatory conservatorships are rooted out of New Mexico. On the infrastructure side for digital audits, making sure our schools, our classrooms and our healthcare is protected statewide, making sure that we're not putting at risk the people that are here in New Mexico that rely on government services and have that information needed to be safeguarded. And that final piece, making sure that we have in, in our environment a dedicated annual audit for climate change over the course of four, eight, 12 years to hold ourselves accountable, as well as auditing the fossil fuel and extractive industries that are claiming to represent so much of the benefit, which we get a large revenue from, but we need to also know, what are the number of spills, venting and flaring, water contamination, the amount of destroy um, destruction of our public lands, how much is going on at what cost? We deserve to know that publicly and it should be accessible in an annual report. All three of those things is how I will build out stronger to make sure we live our democratic values and to make sure that we have somebody in this office that knows the full power of what it does. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Maestas. 
Since the state auditor is required to audit all state agencies every year, how would you prioritize the agencies and why? Well, each state agency in New Mexico does their own audit. Um, but if you, you know, no state agency is, is equal, right? Uh, some departments are much larger, have more staff, have a higher budget. Um, and so I would at least focus on the larger agencies, especially those that are going to be receiving the lion's share of a lot of this federal money that's coming in for infrastructure and other programs. Um, so I'd also look at uh, some of the new agencies. Uh, you, you know, we, we have a child care development agency. We have the new broadband office that was created by legislation last year. It's existing within the New Mexico Department of Information Technology, but it's going to now be the lead uh, and the clearinghouse for all broadband uh, funding. And it has to oversee the development of our state's first ever uh, statewide broadband plan. So uh, I'm going to focus on the large agencies with the highest budgets. Uh, also focus on these agencies that may have some troubling recurring findings in their audit, uh, especially the lack of internal controls. If you read, and I've, I've had my name on 15 fiscal year audits because as an elected official, I've carried a fiduciary responsibility. And so it's very solemn and very serious. And so, um, you know, I want to make sure that these uh, as state audit at these state agencies are, are well equipped to either correct some existing problems and and if not be prepared to administer these federal funds. I'd also uh, prioritize multiple state agencies that are jointly managing the same funding to make sure that they're reconciling. I've heard stories where you have multiple agencies managing the same funding source and they don't, they don't uh, reconcile. So uh, those would be my priorities going forward. Time. Thank you very much. So we've reached the end of our questions for the candidates um, for the auditor position. Thank you both very much for your time this afternoon and for um, spending um, part of your Sunday um, talking to voters all over the state. I want to thank you both very much for your um, wonderful answers and thoughtful comments. And let's give them a virtual round of applause here. And thank you, Mona. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I especially want to thank the chairs for uh, Bernalillo, Sandoval, and Valencia counties for putting on this forum. Um, uh, and I appreciate all the work you do on behalf of our great party. Listen, uh, you know, fellow Democrats, um, I am so honored to be your chairman of the Public Regulation Commission. Uh, I've been responsible for upholding the public's trust for decades in public service and carried that fiduciary responsibility that I mentioned as an elected official. I think the, dif the differences among the candidates in this race are clear. Uh, leadership, and experience matter and can't be substituted. Uh, integrity counts and wisdom. And you can see I've got some signs of wisdom up here. Um, it can't be taught. And so as your next state auditor, I will stand up against powerful interests and, and do my, my share in restoring trust in government. Um, I'm Joseph Maestas, candidate 
for New Mexico State Auditor, and I hope to be your clear choice in this upcoming election. And I respectfully ask for your support and your vote. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Quintero. Thank you so much, Madam Vice Chair. Fellow Democrats, thank you so much for making time today, this Sunday. It is an honor to be here with you. Again, my name is Zachary Quintero. I'm a proud Democrat and son of New Mexico. I am fighting for our people, for our vulnerable communities, for our land, for our water, for our air, and for modernizing and upgrading our government to live out the values we have as Democrats. I've been trusted, vetted, and battle-tested throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, trusted by our governor, overseen by our legislators, and focused on our most vulnerable communities. I served you as our federal ombudsman as an investigator of abuse, neglect, and financial exploitation. I've served you as a proud Democrat here in our party, and I'm asking for your trust, your respect, and your vote to be our party's nominee for the state auditor position of New Mexico. I'm honored to be here with you again today. And I just wanna close by, by thanking and remembering uh, the memory of Dr. King and the efforts that we're living out right now at this call. Um, we are together as Democrats. We don't take shots at each other. We don't boast. We don't try to bully people. We remind each other of the values that we live right here, which is we need to win in 22. We need to make New Mexico fully blue. Let's go out and do it. Let's live by our actions, not by our words. And let's start today. Thank you so much. This concludes part one of this three-part series. Be sure to tune in to the next episode where we hear from our candidates for state treasurer. Now, before we conclude this episode, I want to urge all listeners to please, please, please consider a donation to your local county Democratic Party. All county parties are run by volunteers. Volunteers who put things like this together to inform and educate voters and to make our community stronger. And these volunteers donate their free time, their money, their labor, their skills, to make sure that Democrats have an opportunity to participate in the process to keep New Mexico blue. And truth be told, we all need resources to get this job done. And with that said, I want to say thank you for listening and tune in to the next one. Gracias.